But the companies I see that are growing and I believe are going to come out the other side of this shining are the ones that are very methodical about perfecting a process before adding the next process. And that's that's Legion, that's sales, that's all of the above. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Welcome. We're going to jump you. right into it. Megan. All right. Megan knows marketing is back with us again, and I'm super excited because Megan is going to, for the very first time, is going to be speaking at Accelerate Live in February, February 7th and 8th to be exact, in Fort Myers, Florida. I just found out, by the way, Megan, we're recording this at the end of October, and we're at a little, a tick over 50% of the seats already sold. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's already early. sold out. Yeah. So I think we're going to sell out even earlier than we did last year. And oh, yeah. so that's pretty exciting. We're going to have, this will be our, our biggest event yet. And you are going to be there to talk about marketing. And yes, sir. how to protect yourself, I guess. You know, the whole theme is really going to be about how do you build a business that will go the distance, meaning mm -hmm. regardless of what happens in the marketplace, if if there is a recession or if there is a slowdown, how are you going to set yourself up to be successful regardless of that? Mm -hmm. So with all of that, let's put you on the spot and talk about we're at the end of October. What are you seeing and hearing out there with your with your clients? Massive panic. Really? Massive panic. Yeah. Yeah. As we've all been talking about for quite some time, you know, the, the leads have been easy to get the last couple of years. You know, it, it started during the, the COVID era where everyone kind of freaked out and said, what are we going to do? And then it actually, in our industry, as you know, it had an opposite effect where things were actually easier for us for a couple of years. And I don't think anyone expected that. And so, you know, all of a sudden the fish have been jumping in the boat. We've discussed that a couple of times now. And we knew eventually our industry and the lead flow, inbound leads, people calling in, eventually we knew that that would even back out to its normal level, right? Well, we're starting to see that. And as we knew would happen, and I have companies that I consult with that are heavy on inbound and also do some outbound. And then I have some that just only want to do inbound. And those companies that only want to do inbound have went into a panic stricken mode in the past couple of weeks because inbound leads have slowed to almost nothing in certain markets. So, you know, there is some panic, you know, we're getting a lot of calls at our consulting firm at Tony Hody training and consulting. We're kind of known for outbound marketing, right? We're known for make marketing, canvassing face-to-face -face at shows and events, and then retail inside of a lot of uh, stores, retail environments, whether that be our, our Sam's club programs, local, you know, hardware stores, or even something larger like a, a Costco program or Home Depot, all of those face-to-face -face marketing efforts are controllable. So, you know, the companies that are doing those are all doing okay because nothing has really changed for them. But the companies that are relying on the phone calls coming in from the customers, them seeking us out, 
they're having a hard time right now. And, you know, the lead aggregators, it's the same thing. And I think a lot of people, you know, we panic and we say, oh, well, I'll just pay for some lead aggregators. Well, the lead aggregators are also feeling the hit from, you know, people that are, you know, not shopping as often right now. So, you know, they're giving us more garbage because they have a business to run too. And so, you know, we're running into this issue where even when they go to a lead aggregator right now at this point, we're kind of out of the peak season for that. And so they still are giving us leads, but it's not as many. And it's a lot of things that may not be something that that we do. And so really being able to control your own destiny, to have some marketing that you can make something out of nothing, you know, that's, that's going to be key for a lot of people in the next 12, 18 months, I think. Yeah, I like that. Controlling your own destiny, which is really what, what it's all about. You know, mm-hmm. without necessarily going too into specifics about, about particular markets, let's say, mm-hmm. but are you seeing that this is happening all across the board or do you see it happening in certain pockets? On inbound, I see it happening all across the board. I mean, I have clients on the East Coast, West Coast, yes, East Coast, West Coast, South, Midwest, all of the above. And every single one that is heavily relying on inbound leads has said there has been a, a slowdown. Some of them are getting leads from their lead vendors with you know, 50% disconnected phone numbers, things of that nature, you know, that were not really what was going on the last year or so. And so now, you know, those of us, and, and there's a lot of young people that have come in and marketing or sales into our industry during the good time in the last couple of years. And they don't realize that this is actually pretty normal what's yep. happening right now, but we've, we've been spoiled. So it's funny. And, and, you know, you and I talked to a lot of people. And so I was mm-hmm. at an event last week and I met these these guys, these two young brothers, and we we're talking about the business. And of course, you know, I I always want to know if people are making money. So my of question course. is always, you know, if they're talking about their volume, their revenue, I'll say my question is always, well, did you make any money? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, and of course, it, you know, in almost every case, in almost every case, it's like, well, you know, anytime you've heard me say this before, <laughs> anytime the answer starts with, well, you well, know, there's excuses coming and <laughs> that the numbers aren't good. These guys, great guys too, really nice guys, mm-hmm. which is almost everybody I've met, you know, and sure. I deal within the industry, really good people. And you mm-hmm. and I, we we care about the people that we work with. And it's it's heartbreaking to see them working so hard and not making the money they should. Now, where I'm going mm-hmm. with this is that, so these guys over the last two or three years have built a business. So we talked about their volume. They're doing $1.2 million a month. Okay. So they're pacing to over $12 million. Now, before 2019, mm-hmm. I mean, to get a company to a million dollars a month, that was a quite a bit of work. I mean, it was yes. a lot of work. And now you're seeing it like you got all these companies that are doing, you know, a million a month, two million a month, 500 mm-hmm. a month. So as things kind of normalize, and one of the things, by the way, I mean, this was just, I felt bad. It's like one of the things they were talking about is, well, We've made this huge investment in training of people. And is that the right thing to do? And I'm like, 
thinking, well, A, I don't know enough to tell you yes or no, but my initial reaction is you better figure out how to make money on, why don't you scale your, your growth back a little bit, figure out how to make leads and make money on $10 million Mm -hmm. and go and kind of go from, from there. And I'm afraid that and I'd like to get your take on this. I'm afraid that a lot of these people that got spoiled over the last couple of years, how are they going to deal with this? Like, what are the changes that they need to start making now, just in case? I mean, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. more like nor- like normal, like what you and I are used to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think about about some of these people? Yeah, yeah. See, that's a great question. I think there is a lot of people try and fix an issue in their business in the wrong manner, right? And so here is, you know, a great example of that. Okay, we're not profitable enough on 10 or 12 or 13 or 14 million. So we're just going to invest in in people and training. Well, you know, again, it goes back to what you just said, which is it's like when you're in school and you're like, the, the answer to the problem is need more information. The answer is not that I can give you an answer, right? Yeah. I would need to know more factors. But with that specific scenario, I'm of the same opinion that you are like, more is not better if we're not profitable at the level we're at. Never has more become better. I see this too, where clients try to add product lines to hide the fact that they don't have enough leads or they don't have enough sales. And I say, if you're not profitable on one to two products, what makes you think eight products will solve that issue? Yeah. What makes you think that a product that you have no experience installing and no experience marketing or selling is the solution to needing more lead. No, 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 it's not that. It's that we have to get everything dialed in on a small scale so that we can then, you know, expand. So while, you know, training new people and and investing in that might've been part of that journey for them, that same money they spent on that might've been better spent in a different area. If we look at their business as a whole, we may look at their, their operational side or their systems and processes or their profit model. We might say this is broken. And so, you know, training people in a broken process model is just going to cost you more money. Yeah. And I'm afraid that that's the road that these guys are headed down because their initial question to me was about scaling. Mm. And a lot of people are like, okay, well, we did 12 million this year. So next year we got to do 18. So Mm -hmm. how are you, what kind of advice are you giving to your clients in terms of thinking about and planning for next year? Yeah, a couple of things. Number one, we have to get some sort of lead pipeline coming in that is more controllable for you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, yeah, this would not be a good time to go out and overspend on extravagant things. We should be back to basics right now. Right now, it's a good idea to make sure that we have all of our processes on the sales end, that we have all of our processes on the lead gen end, that we have all of our conversions, that we know our numbers. Like that 
portion of the business is going to be more important in the next year than it's been in a long time because we do have a lot of these new companies that have, and not necessarily new companies, but maybe companies that weren't doing well and then due to being spoiled in the past couple of years, it's sort of manufactured a false confidence. And so people are starting to think they're actually better at this than they are. And when society normalizes a lot of times, some if they're not prepared, some of that's going to take a step backwards for them. And so, you know, a lot of my clients are looking at adding and they're doing it methodically. The ones that are doing it well, and we share a lot of the same clients, you and I, the ones that are doing it well are doing it methodically to where yeah. they're putting this piece in place. They are going 100% all in and perfecting this. And then we go to the next piece, right? So, so a lot of times I get the same question. Well, Megan, what leads should, what lead generation is good for my business? What should, what lead generation sources should I add? And I said, well, that depends. I mean, do you have all of these other things in place that are going to have to be in place to support the lead generation? Because if you don't have someone fielding the leads, if you don't have someone monitoring the spend, well, we have to look at that first before we just start spending money and throwing it at different yep. lead vendors, right? Yep. And so the ones that do it well, Brian, are methodically adding some, some make marketing into their mix, even if they were traditionally inbound, they are wanting to find out how do I resurrect old leads out of my database through calling? How do I reach previous customers more? How do I do face-to-face -face marketing, even if they're not ready for a full-fledged canvassing team? You know, canvassing is not the solution to everybody's company. It is to some, some it's not. Some it will never work because the sales culture will reject it. And if no one is holding them accountable, it will fail miserably. So it depends on, you know, what other pieces they have in place as to what things they should do. But the companies I see that are growing and I believe are going to come out the other side of this shining are the ones that are very methodical about perfecting a process before adding the next process. And that's that's lead gen, that's sales, that's all of the above, you know, because if we don't have the basics narrowed down, all the fancy technology, lead vendors, you know, contact rate stuff, none of that even matters. It's It's completely irrelevant at that point. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. I hate to say it like this, because again, I mean, you and I are in the business of helping home improvement owners be more successful. And so we call it, you know, one thing I, I love about you, Megan, and I think everybody that knows you is you don't sugarcoat anything. But can't. because you are effective at what you do. And so I'll say this with that, you know, with that little bit of a preamble, I guess. 
is that too many people are looking for that magic bullet. What is that one little piece of magic? And so they're buying this software. They're going to that lead aggregator. They're doing this. They're doing that. And what they're not looking at is the inside. What are we doing as a company, which is everything that you just said? And is there, let's just be clear. Do you believe that there is a magic bullet out there? It's kind of like an overnight success, right? It takes... 15, 20 years to become one, right? And so the magic bullet, I feel like is of the same theory where everyone, it's like you're praying for something to come and save you. It's not going to, right? And the people that, and and this is again, because you already you know warned everyone what they're about to get with me. I'm going to say this, the people that rely on the magic bullet, Brian, there's going to be massive carnage in our industry. Huge. There is going to be massive carnage. People that are not supposed to be in business because they haven't earned their business the right way will not be in business in 18 months. The people that do not master the basics of lead gen, of sales, of installation processes now are going to have a really hard time. And so hopefully they survive as, as you know, you and I both are, are very hard on our clients about making sure that they're making the right financial decisions and they're making the right decisions with their money for their, their lead gen and also for their business in general. But, you know, there's a lot of people that probably shouldn't be in business and this is going to you know you know so we got your truck in the trucks you got your cheap charlies that are going to have a hard time right and then we've got a lot of companies in our industry that you know like you said are relying on this one thing or this magic bullet and you know the help the best companies the largest companies as you know the ones that have grown to hundreds of millions in our industry all have some sort of a diversified lead mix in some way shape or form it's not a one-trick pony you know, they have several different areas so that if one slows down, they dump more money into the one that's going faster. And then when that one slows down, they look around and say, you know, what else can I change here to bring me to this this next step? You know, so that's what I see happening big time in our industry. And and those of us that are that are relying on something outside of ourselves we're going to have a tougher time. You know, it's like when, when we go back and we talk about, you know, a lot of people are talking about it in comparison to 2008, 2009, um, you know, and all these, these different, you know, the timeframes over the years that have been tougher or easier to sell in. You know, the reality is, is that when the economy takes any sort of downturn or tip, the, the searches for non-essential items on the internet go down. That's just the proven fact of the way things are. And so that's where the inbound leads are coming from. Yeah. We have to be able to reach the people that are planning on a project in the next year. And we have to move their timeline up with effective scripting. If we don't do that, we're going to just be sitting on our hands, hoping the phone rings. And when it doesn't, what are we going to do? We're going to call Tony Hody training and consulting and say, oh man, what do I do now? I don't have any leads. And it's, and by then we're already too late into the, yeah. The and they're going to call, leads. yeah. And they're going to call you <laughs> and then they're going to call me and G4 and they're going to say, you've been talking about past customers for 13 years Sorry, I haven't done anything with it. I've (laughs) not invested in them. I've not talked to them, but I need leads. So what can you do to help me? And we'll help them. Today. 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 Right. (laughs) And we'll help them. We started in the Great Recession, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, you know, past customers will buy again. Yes. So now I should say this. So we are talking (laughs) a little bit of doom and gloom. However, both me and Megan know, know this. 
is that the companies that she's talking about that aren't doing all of this stuff will actually have greater opportunity because yes, they won't be part of the carnage. So if you're yes, if you're sir. a client, Megan's, if you are coming to Excel, I said at Accelerate, I don't know if it was at the beginning, I think it was at the end. I said, look, you know, normalization is coming. And Mm -hmm. I am not going to let any of you, if I have anything to do with it, I'm not letting any of you participate in it because we designed that event. So it's all about the fundamentals. It's about Mm -hmm. stuff you talked about, profit model, pricing model, lead efficiency, lead generation, selling efficiency, and all of that. Mm -hmm. Important. So one of the things that you talk about a lot is efficiency, which is like, to me, efficiency is I got a lead. How good am I at moving that lead from a raw inquiry into an appointment, into an actual demo? How important is that whole process? And what are some things that people are doing where they're missing out? Great question. So a lot of times with the whole process of efficiency, you know, what I find is we don't have accurate data from moment one normally. And what I mean by that is I usually get in with a company and we find out that every single phone call is not in their database. The only ones they're putting in their database are the ones they set. Yeah. Nuts. And then they tell me they have a hundred percent conversion rates. And I say, no, you don't. Yeah. And so the first thing to get very baseline is, look, there is a certain dollar amount that I have to assign to every call that comes into my business. There is a dollar amount that I am spending to make the phone ring. And we just talked about how inbound leads are slowing down. So with that being the case, it is 20 times more important if I'm getting less of these leads that I'm doing more with them, right? And that's really the key. And a lot of times, you know, what I'm focusing on with my clients is these very basic things that you don't even know how many raw inquiries you have. Like your database may tell you a certain number of of lead forms you received or a certain amount of phone calls, but there are times where you're getting phone calls and the customer's hanging up after 20 seconds. And we just say, yeah, they just didn't want what we have. And we hang up and we don't think about the fact that the owner paid for that phone call to come to the office. Yeah. And You know, if we don't have a system and a a script that will overcome some of those objections in the first 20 seconds, and I got to tell you, with what we just talked about in terms of the normalization, the objections you haven't gotten in the last two years are about to happen. Yep. The other thing that's about to happen is, and I know we're talking about this and, and it's Accelerate will be past the holidays, but right now we're at the end of October. We're rounding this two-month crunch for exterior home improvements. So November and December leads are traditionally hard to make in our industry because, again, the inbound dries up. Some companies just say, you know what, we're just going to close the doors for a month and take a vacation. Some yeah. companies do that and it works for them. That's fine. But most of the time, we the reason we don't sell in November and December isn't necessarily because we we can't install it's because we don't know how to get leads yeah we don't know how to talk to people in verbiage that speaks to them at this time of the year we just try and continue to swing the bat with the verbiage we use the rest of the year and around holidays people's minds are elsewhere so we actually have to speak to where they're at currently right and so the next two months i've been preparing a lot of my clients to start making phone calls that they normally don't make all year because this is the time to do it and so with that when going back to the question before about the efficiency you know when we get a phone call into the office and we set an appointment we 
then have to be able to monitor exactly how many of those turn into an issued lead yeah. because if it doesn't issue it doesn't matter okay because i mean it can go in the database and we can continue to call it back but if it doesn't issue it doesn't matter so issued lead and then we have to monitor how many of those demo you know because a lot of our clients and a lot of your clients too they're setting only two party appointments they only want to run appointments where both homeowners are there and so with what we issue versus what we actually demo there's always a drop off of somewhere between i don't know 10% to 20% good companies are you know 20% or less in terms of the fallout after issue but you'll get a one leg or a no show or a, a repair or something people cannot quote you know it might be something that's truly not qualified a non landowner something of that nature if we don't have the scripting to catch those things on the front end we're going to send our sales team on less leads to leads that aren't qualified. Yeah. And if you want to kill the sales team's mojo, give them less. And then the ones they are running aren't qualified. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about massive carnage. Yeah. You could lose your whole team, you know? Yeah. And so we, so those things, like sometimes we don't think about how those initial things on the front end affect the rest of the business and the mentality in the rest of the business. So, you know, too often, I'll say, what's your process? Well, I, you know, we set most of the ones that call in. Well, most of, uh, most of is a relative term. That means different thing to me than it means to you. So when you say most of them, do you mean over 50%? Because I wouldn't consider that a great conversion on inbound. And so, you know, we end up, we end up having a conversation about that, but it's, it's those metrics they really have to track and look at, or you have no business scaling because how do you know what it costs you to get the leads you need to add another salesperson? You have no idea what that costs you if you don't have those processes and those metrics in place. Yeah. So one of the keys really next next year and, and going into next year is really going to be all about efficiency and you know, and that's something you're you're a master at and you're going to be discussing a lot of at accelerate. You'll walk us through mm -hmm. the process, what it looks like, how to accomplish some of of these things that we've been talking about. And I guess between now and then you know, cause that's a few months out. So mm -hmm. you've given us a lot of stuff to really get focused on. And so mm -hmm. I guess if I, if I'm an owner and I'm looking to, you know, these next few months, the good thing, I'll tell you what's going to help a lot of companies is their backlog. So mm -hmm. backlog is going to keep your revenue going, Flowing. which is yeah. great. But at some point you still have to be out there making leads Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. So Found what it. I am advising, we'll go back to this part. What I'm saying is that if you were used to, so here's something that's happened over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. where historically in this, in this industry, we've been at eight to 15% marketing costs. And a lot mm -hmm. of companies are, you know, they're still there, but a lot of companies Pull back because, hey, we got so much leads. Why do we need to spend money on marketing? So they did $5 million. They spent 3% mm -hmm. on marketing or 4% on marketing. Mm -hmm. Falsely inflated their bottom line. And now what I'm yeah. telling people is, look, if you were at 4% now this year, budget 10% for next year. Yeah. What do you think about, what do you think about that? Like, are you advising people also make sure your pricing model and your profit model can sustain a 10, 12, 15% marketing cost? Yeah. I mean, that's, 
baseline. Yes. I mean, and then, I mean, really, if you want to grow and scale, you're going to have to spend more than that even. So it's, you know, in the, you know, and that's, you've got to look at that and you've got to decide what that looks like for your company, you know, because there are so many different things you could do with marketing. I mean, there's going to be some, you have to have a healthy mix too of long-term and short-term strategy, right? And that's, that's one of those things that I feel like people don't listen to. They're either really heavy on the, the idea of branding or they're really heavy on the idea of lead gen and they don't really see that it's both, it takes both. Right. And so, you know, you, but you have to have leads coming in today to pay for branding tomorrow, or you don't have any cash flow. And so that's, that's the key that so many people miss out on. You know, it'll be, well, we do all canvassing, we do all outbound. And I'm like, great, but eventually you're going to have to have a web presence. Like that's going to have to support that in some manner. Plus, if you're canvassing and they look up your company and you have some ramshackle website that they don't, you know, know anything about you or they don't think it looks professional, they're going to say, who are these guys? And then your, your canvassing budget is garbage. So, you know, it has to, it both is the correct answer. We have to sort of pair long-term strategies and investments and, and bringing in repeat and referral long-term, right. And being able to build our brand over time, but too often everyone's focused on one or the other and they're not doing both. And so that's really the key is that we need to have, again, it goes back to the diversified lead mix where we have different strategies that are going, you know, all over. If you look at the way that Tundraland grew, you know, when Brian was was still there, I mean, it's it's so crazy the different types of lead mix that they had going on, right? Yeah. And and that meant that it doesn't hurt you if one falls off, if you right. have 18 others that are going, right? right? But if you have one and you're putting all your money on this one horse. And then something happens and the horse trips and falls during the race. You're going, oh, I, I don't know. We really like direct mail. Well, then if direct mail was, was working for you, great. But there's going to come a time where you have to do other things too. And so I feel like sometimes our industry isn't very open-minded to making changes in something they're not comfortable in or or owners feel like branding is expensive. And, and I don't know if I want to make the upfront investment and not see a payback in leads for six months. Well... If you're going to compete in the SEO market, that's something you're going to have to do. Right. Like it's part of it's part of the. Well, the and it's the same so. thing. Yeah, and it's the same thing with referrals. It's the same thing with past customers getting them to come yep. back and buy more. We tell people yep. all the time, you know, you're making an investment in the future. You're doing the mm-hmm. right thing for your customer. You're getting reviews from them. This is you know what yep. we're doing at G4. But uh-huh. then we're nurturing that customer along so that when they are ready they're going to be receptive to your message rather than, you know, you didn't talk to them for three years. You never said thank you for the job. You never really, you know, you tried to muscle a review out of them. And three years later, now you're calling them up and saying, Hey, you know, this is Brian at my window company. Remember us? (laughs) It's time for you to give us more money because we don't have leads. Right. It's going to work on a couple people, but you know, there's a much, much better strategy. Well, and I had this question this week because, you know, again, a lot of our clients are the same. And so a lot of them use your cookie program for the follow-up after the install, right? Which I think is a great program. And I recommend it to people all the time. And so one of my clients said, oh, do you really, should we call past customers though, if we're, if we're doing the cookie program? I said, yeah, they're going to be yeah. even warmer for you. Like, right. why would you not? Like, everyone that's cold calling their PCs has way more trouble than you're going to have. That's and they were the like, whole oh, reason. I never... 
Yeah, that's the whole reason you're doing it all is so that you can call them and you have a relationship with yeah. them. It's not and about the cookies. About, it's yeah. about what the cookies represent. It, like, yeah. And when they thought about it, they were like, oh, wow, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, you're just going to do that much better with previous customer calling because right. they remember who you are. This isn't the first time they've heard from you in three, four years, you know, yeah. like a lot of companies do. Or I said, that's really you know, the idea, and especially when we're dealing with most of our clients having multi-product line, like there's no reason they bought a roof from you today. They can't buy windows or siding or something else or a bathroom from you later. But I'll tell you what, too often, I feel like we're really egocentric about this, where we say to ourselves, well, they'll call me when they're, you know, they're ready. They're going to call. They won't, you know who they call Google and whoever right. comes up first wins. And you are, if it's not you, they're not going, you know, I don't think that was the guy we used three years ago. Yeah. Let me find him. That's not what they're doing. Nope. They type it in. They say windows near me and off they go. And so, you know, it's, we're not in the ages like we were 30 years ago, Brian, you and I are, are older. And so we can attest this. When I say this in a group of 20 year olds, they're like, what is a Rolodex? Customers used to keep a file or a Rolodex of all their trusted people, right? Yep. This is my furnace guy. This is my car guy. This is my, this guy. They just don't buy that way anymore. Right. Now this is King. Yeah. And so we have to, we, if we don't, it's so funny to me because I've had my heart broken by calling past customers and finding out they bought one of my products from someone else. And I went, and at first I blamed them. Yeah. And then when I took a good hard look, you know, who didn't, whose responsibility was it to stay in front of them? Was it theirs to stay in front of me? Probably not. So nope. then I have to look in the mirror and say, well, I mean, you pretty much hung them out there as bait for the next Exactly. Oh, that's such a great way of saying I'm never, I might rip that off from you. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. But for somebody exactly else. Yeah. For somebody else to come along and seduce and poach and whatever. Whoever paid pay-per-click that day, Brian. Right. Or Whoever they're sitting paid. or they just happen to be sitting at home watching TV and. Yep. Or little canvasser knocks on their door right? and they were better than you that day because you didn't do make marketing. <sighs> They were better than you that day. They that were. should be, that should be, that should be the name of your talk. They, they were, were better <laughs> than you that day. I say that all the time. I yeah. say, well, if they won the sale and oh. I didn't, they were better than me that day. I mean, they oh. may not be better than me in the long run, but they might be better. If they wrote the lead and I didn't, they were better than me that day. They wow. were. And so, you know, you have to, and it, it's a hard truth that I'll say they, they won, they were a better salesman than you that day. They, yeah. and so wow, you think about it like that, your past customers, they're all sitting in their homes. You know where they are. You know how to get a hold of them. You know exactly that they're your demographic. Yeah. It's like, we act like, oh, well, like, I don't want to, the most common reason people don't do it is I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. I don't want to over. And I'm like, Okay. Well, first of all, were they pissed off the first time they bought from you? Because, you know, if they bought from you, they weren't that pissed off. They gave you money. So yeah. there's that. So what would make you think that you coming back to check on them would piss them off? It's like when you're at a restaurant, do you get mad that the waiter comes back and says, Hey, is the food to your liking? Are you happy with everything? Would you like some dessert? Would you like a refill? Like, no. Well then same thing with you. You're, they're seated at our table. We have to be able to, you know, stay in front of them in creative ways. And you're you're so right when, you know, calling them once or twice a year is okay and you'll probably get some business. But over time, is that going to re create repeat and referral that comes to me? 
it's not in and of itself. Right. I have to do other things in order to, because people only do what's in their own best interest. Yeah, Customers are the same. They're not going to respond unless there's something in it for them. So if they see us taking and caring about them and they see these little like trust bank deposits, when they get a little newsletter from us and they, they get a little box of cookies and then they get a little email from time to time with a recipe or something that they remember. And then eventually we've made enough trust bank deposits that we can make a withdrawal when we want to come back out and earn their business again. So, you know, we go along that line and too often companies just don't want to make the upfront time or the monetary investment in something like this that they absolutely should. Yeah. So yeah. Otherwise they're well, the ones I couldn't agree more. I've been, yep. Yeah. I've My been, phone's not ringing. I don't know what to yeah. do. Well, look, Megan, I am super excited that you are going to be at accelerate this year. I'm going to do another plug here for accelerate. If you go to accelerate event, dot com accelerate event dot com and just go to buy now or save my seat something like that actually i think i have a promo code too you can save a couple more dollars if you put in i think it's twc23 i should probably verify that but it's twc23 but megan will be there megan knows marketing Megan's a badass. I'm super excited that you're going to be there. You don't want to miss her because she's going to have she's going to have some amazing stuff for all of us. Thank you so much for being here. Give Dan my best. I and will. Until next time, everybody. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you. Did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskadalsian.